everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. I've taken a, a slight little um, two-week break, very much thanks to Zanza and his successes in the Denman Chase. He allowed me to be out there for another week, so very delighted that uh, you guys included him as uh, what would have been my tip for that Denman Chase, I say in jest. He, he really did surprise me, even from all the way over in California, unbelievable scenes to see a very much friend of this podcast delivering such great style over at Newbury um, a couple of weeks ago. There's been so much racing since I've been away, but I've been enjoying following it all. And the one race which will live long in the memory, I think we can all agree, was last weekend Shishkin. What a performance back at Ascot, back to his very best. The last time you would all have been listening to this podcast, Ross Miller would have been waxing lyrical about the case to be made for this horse. Do not give up on a horse just for one poor run, especially with the profile of Shishkin. And you were right, Ross. You put your faith in the horse and he duly delivered at what was probably giving away money in the end at seven to two. And now he heads to what looks very much likely the Ryanair. And as Nikki Anderson said, they've been getting the trip wrong all this time. This horse is a stayer in the making. Uh, could be a Gold Cup horse potentially maybe next year. But for, for one thing, we know certain last week was a magnificent performance as you had essentially attested to. So you must have been delighted to have seen it. Yeah, I was really delighted. I I like to keep a, a good eye on him as they go down to the start. And I just thought he went to the start in the manner of a much more uh, on-form horse. Um, I know Nico sort of uh, dismissed that earlier in the week when it was put to him that that was the case. But I think having jumped two fences, it was it was game over from there, really. I thought Faka de Uderi got a fairly average ride out wide. But I don't think that was... Um, ever going to change change the result I thought he jumped beautifully you know still looks like just for a second as he came along uh, alongside um to, to challenge coming into the straight you know Nico had to sort of nudge him along but as soon as he gets to the front the turbo kicks in and and away he goes and I think you know as a sport we're we're not in a great place at the moment for lots of different reasons and that is a feel-good story for for good people who in my opinion do it the right way um, and uh, yeah, I, I took a lot of um, joy in seeing the horse get back to his form. Yeah, you're right. Look, at the end of the day, our sport is all about the horses, the races, and why we want to encourage more people to come and watch it, to see performances like that, to get the heart beat going and to make us feel about, you know, what's next. I remember when Shishkin beat Enajameen last year, it was all about the champion chase. Can't wait for the rematch. Can't wait to see what will happen next literally living on the every second to see these horses again and that's what we must promote and quickly on his next targets obviously it's the Ryanair but if he was yours what would you do would you be tempted to go Gold Cup no I wouldn't um <laughs> and, and 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 if he was mine I'd be letting the boss man make the choices I I just think if you take it literally then yes of course you want to go and win a gold cup winning a gold cup is worth three four five Ryanair's I get that but I do approach things a bit more from my background with horses I have some understanding of what they've had to go through to get the horse here and I think there is a danger you go up again three and a quarter miles every gold cup ever won has been a slog you know they go to the depths and I think you'd be in danger of losing him again 
I know people will say, well, he's nine, he'll be 10 next year. He can't win a Gold Cup as a 10-year-old. He's pretty lightly raced. Um, so I think they've got it spot on for what it's worth. Hopefully win the Ryanair. Perhaps go to Aintree and, and run over three miles there. King George and then Gold Cup next year. Yeah, no, he's certainly got the pedigree to suggest that he could do that. Um, but yeah, there's no rush just because of, you know, being nine, ten next year. I think he's, as you say, he's still he's still showing himself to be even better now, now that they have ironed out all those problems and just sort of given him the option um, over this intermediate trip, which they're going to stick at um, for the Ryanair come Cheltenham in, a, in three weeks' time. But that's that. The now is what we're going to focus on um, in, in, in the case of this weekend. Um, we'll be at Kempton um, and we're going to look at the main feature handicap chase. Um, three miles is the trip. Um, a race which was won by Captain Ord last year for Christian Williams, who was back to his very best himself at Ascot last week for a team that's really had a difficult season this year. It's been quieter. They've really, uh, this time last year, they were really excelling in these big handicap chases. Um, they were really pot hunting to good effect as well. And Captain Ord, um, who won this race last year, won last week, is back in with a five-pound penalty in this race to do the double. Um, it is a good quality lineup, I feel. It's great to man Sam in here, um, coming back to the scene of his last victory for Adam Wedge and Evan Williams. He's the 92 favourite. Captain Ord to make it back-to-back victories. He's 5-1, to one, along with St. Calvados, um, who is coming out of graded company back into a handicap with a big weight. We've got our power for... Sam Thomas team, um, he's in there as well. Um, from a better perspective, Clondor Castle next best at eight to one. Frodon nine to one. Um, the King George hero of years gone by. Um, look, it's um, TC will come to you first. I think this has got a really good feel to it. Great makeup. What I love about it, importantly, is that you've got some very, very good jumpers. I love to see these horses getting out their best. And you saw Ansam last time out at Kempton showing his true natural ability over the fences. And uh, he led and led the whole way round. That's what you'd imagine the likes of Frodon will do as well. So it's going to be a good spectacle to watch regardless of a betting suggestion. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to be at Kempton on Saturday as well. So I'm really looking forward to this race as well as all of the novice hurdles, the graded novice hurdles earlier on the card. I have to say I fear Captain Nord, first of all. Um, generally, though, he has a month or so between his races. He doesn't ever really come back straight away after a short layoff. And he's returning off seven days here. He did back up off a 10-day layoff back in 2018, and he ran respectably on the on the second occasion. So, you know, he could easily recover from his exertions quite quickly and go in again and follow up last year's success. But it's a, just a variable that I'm slightly concerned about, which is why I'm opting to go away from Captain Nord. Two other horses that caught my eye. Clondor Castle was the last off my shortlist. Uh, he won this race two years ago. Um, however, that day they went super hard from the outset. It was ridiculous early speed. The section was like a flat race rather than a, a proper handicap chase. And he just benefited from that. He also seems to be quite a fragile horse and takes tends to have huge gaps between his races. I think he's only had four runs in the last two or so years. So that's an issue for me and why I just opted to go again away from him. So I'm going to take a shot on uh, a horse that I know many people don't like from a betting perspective, but that is St. Calvados for Paul Nichols. Firstly, and this is uh, the number one angle, I love the fact that Harry Cobden's taken over. Now, that's nothing necessarily against David Maxwell, and I know he's out injured at the moment, I think with a thumb injury. 
But at the same time, the last time David Maxwell, who's obviously an amateur rider, uh, has ridden St. Calvados, he's just run away with him and he hasn't been able to finish off his races. Harry Cobden, prior to David Maxwell riding St. Calvados, won a grade two on him. He knows this horse very well. And being one of the best riders in the, the weighing room, uh, he's well capable of, of, you know, relenting from that early speed that St. Calvados just wants to bum out, bum out from the start and Cobden won't let him do that. Secondly, St. Calvados is really well suited to the flat nature and the track of Kempton. Um, this kind of uh, topography suits him perfectly. He doesn't want up and down hills, although he's run very well at Cheltenham before. Um, I think he wants a flat track and I, I think he'll be seen to his best ability um, at this venue. And thirdly, as you've touched on, he drops into Handicap Company for the first time since January the 1st, 2020. This season and last season, he's running grade ones and grade twos consistently. Now, back in that race in January the 1st, 2020 at Cheltenham, uh, he finished a no second to a horse called Old Greatwood, uh, Old Grangewood, sorry, in a really competitive event at, at Channel, as I touched on. That was off a mark of 157. He's now down to a mark of just 154. I think that's plenty on his side. Although people may say that he is regressing slightly as he's getting on with, uh, with age, I still think he's well capable of performing, especially off this kind of mark. So providing he settles and Harry Cobden can restrain him early on, St. Calvados is my play here. Okay, five to one. I think the, I think the, the, from a price perspective, there's definitely confidence in him. Slightly concerned about the trip. What would you say about that? Devon doesn't have confirmed three mile form in littered in his CV. No, he has tried three miles a couple of times in his career, and yes, he didn't run that well in both of those occasions. Uh, he did on a seat once, I think, um, at Sandown behind Native River, and the other was behind Frodon, who again reposes here. Frodon's not the same horse, so don't take that literally. I think he's got the stamina. It's just more about if he settles early on to then stay out the trip. I think they've been running him over shorter distances just because he's kind of gone off like a hare and you can't stop him. I think if Harry Cobden can restrain him in behind, I don't think the trip's uh, necessarily a problem. Okay, fine. Confidence with St. Calvados for the Paul Nichols yard, who have had a great run of form, definitely. But I think after last weekend, a lot of a lot was saying, you know, some are either running really, really well or not really running that well. You know, there they've been a lot of a lot of favourites turned over, but then there've been uh, some some really, really big performances as well. So it's kind of you're kind of sort of waiting to see with some of some of these horses, but they're definitely in. In good enough form, should we say. Um, but St. Cavados with ha um, Harry Cobden taking the ride of David Maxwell, who does, of course, own the horse, um, hence why he'd been riding him up to this point. Um, OK, thanks for that, um, TC. Um, Ross, as we mentioned, as I mentioned, looking forward to seeing it. I know uh, for you, you know, being such a big jumps fan um, and love it, especially for, from a chasing perspective. And it's a good test at Kempton. You know, it's not the, you've got to be, got to be quick you've got to be you know right right there in the right position and um, just got to jump well big feel I think it's going to be really fun to watch yeah I don't think you'll get away with many mistakes uh in in mm. this race um and and that straight away puts me off Ansem or rather the presence of Frodon puts me off Ansem mm. because I think Frodon is a going to take him one up front but Frodon will also jump out to his left Ansem is a good jumper I'm not sure he's top of the class in the concentration stakes. And I think Frodon catching his eye going out to the left. I think that's got trouble spell all over it for Ansem. I think my shortlist largely married in with, with TCs. Uh, I think Clondor Castle's got a, got a great chance back down on his last winning mark, which came over this course and distance um, and, and didn't run at all badly last time. But that was off a layoff of 400 days. Uh, 
I'd be a bit nervous at the bounce factor with with particularly with staying chasers. Um, that was just enough that the prices to turn me away from him. And actually, on on that occasion, Captain Nord was was back in fifth and is weighted to reverse that form. Tenuous link though that is, like you say, he's got a five pound penalty. But Christian Williams, who pulled from the left field, Rob James last year to to ride win my wings to, to get a bit of weight off has gone left field again and got key and quirk over um, to claim five. So that negates that uh, five pound penalty. TC is quite right that the, the weak turnaround is, is the concern. I could find a, a, a run in March, 2019, where he ran 12 days apart and won both races. Five days is a lot in the context of a week to 12 days, I think. But I think it's notable that, Christian Williams, having been very quiet, has got entries all over the country on Saturday um, and horses that look like they've been quite well placed. Um, he's quite a, 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 a trainer that gets really into momentum. And I think he obviously feels that he's got in the right place. And I think he's been very open about the fact that he's not been happy with how they've been through the middle of the winter. So um, I've got a lot of faith that he wouldn't be turning him out and wasting this, this mark. Uh, and this opportunity so so captain Ord definitely uh goes on my list uh, and then the other one further down the market is jackamar who for a long time i have just pegged as right-handed i fail to un right-handed and flat tracks actually i don't understand why he's been repeatedly put left-handed on undulate tracks because he just has no strand of form that suggests that's what he wants um three miles is a bit of a question but he stayed back in 2020, stayed really powerfully over two mile, five and a half furlongs at Wincanton. Um, I think there's loads of pace here. And I think Gavin Sheehan can probably afford to just take his time, um, come wide up the straight, um, as Jack Tudor did last year, actually, um, and, and pick them off. And I think he's a big price for a horse that, you know, was back to, to, to form last time at right-handed Leicester. Um, that's a stiff enough track. I think he'll. I think he'll stay three miles, and I think he's still nicely weighted. Um, you know, Milton Harris has been going along quite well this year, albeit not at quite the same uh, velocity that he had last year. So, those are my two against the field: Captain Ord and at a bigger price, Jackama. Yeah, Jackama twenty-two to one. Um, agreed. I, I I was there at Leicester when I saw Jackama win. Um, I thought that was a very uh, pleasing performance um a confidence boost really because it's been a long long time between drinks for this horse to get to see, a, see a win obviously it was a winner on boxing day um at Kempton a few years ago when um it was Danny Mullins who gave him a really good hold up ride interesting that Paddy Brennan is at Kempton um but who normally rides a horse but he's uh, been replaced this time for Gavin Sheehan who's riding really really well at the moment he's just making sound judgments isn't he um again I was at Newbury on some Sunday saw him ride a double in what was a weak car but I just thought his riding was particularly intuitive um and I like that so I I, I think it's quite an interesting um jockey selection this time around on Jackamar who um been a been an old friend I think 22 to 1 for him question about the trip as you could suggest with St. Caldos as well but um Jackamar Captain Ord um as well a quick one on Captain Ord obviously as you say as we say seven days ago didn't look like he had a hard race looked like he was loving life out and once he got, you know, to, just before that last fence, you know, he looked like a horse that could go around again. Obviously, Christian Williams knows better than all of us. But from our from our view, anyway, that 
you can't imagine it was, it's going to have um, really taken a huge, a huge amount out of him. No, I, I don't think so. And I think he is a, I don't think he's a difficult horse to train, but I think he's a, a difficult horse to catch right. I, I remember reading last year, they said that he'd been running well, but not, and then his blood's just came a bit better and he came better in himself. I think he is a little bit of a, a patchy horse like that. So I think they're probably keen to strike while the iron's hot, you know, and he, if he gets beat, you've, you've got your ready raid reason, you know, it's, it's too quick a turnaround, but I think he's worth chancing. Um, I think it's a smart bit of jockey booking. Um, and I, I think uh, you just have to trust that the Welsh wizard is going to do it again. Yeah, Keen Quirk, for what, it, for what it's worth, um, if you don't follow Irish Racing, is a, is a really good young talent. He's been put up on some nice horses. Um, I think he's been given the right opportunities to, to show off his talents. And yeah, really shrewd bit of, bit of um, judging there um, with Jack Tudor on Kitty's Light over in, in the Ida Chase. But obviously, importantly, they want to take off um, that £5, which means, Ross, that he's off the same mark that he won on last year. Off the yeah, which big help, right? Okay, so Captain Nord um, there and Jackama, who I'm, I, I'm, I'm steadily getting in the camp for um, now as well. And um, for me, from my perspective, another horse with a five pound penalty for his most recent win, win which came over course and distance, and this was what was important for me. Definitely, tripwise is is crucial. Killer Kane for um, the Tizards. Um, Joe Tizard had a great day um, last Saturday as well with Oscar Elite. Show, show, a bit of a surprise winner at Ascot, um, but um, um, very worthy one as well. Um, a horse that clearly has been a little bit frustrating. And this Killer Kane, um, Brendan Powell on board, I think is one of plenty of their type of horses that is a work in progress. You know, he's by Oscar. He looks at now at eight years old. He's only just sort of getting to grips with things. They're just working out essentially the best trip for him, um, getting him to, to jump and use himself better. And that all sort of came came together quite nicely and clicked into gear when he won last time out, beating um, Jeremy Pass for Paul Nichols. Uh, this is a better race, um, but I like his profile. I like the fact that the yard are in good good order as well. And he's just a horse I've been so, just been quietly watching to see how he's developing through the handicap. And... Um, I like his profile in here. I think that he'll allow the horses out in front just to race and he can he can sort of sit in behind them. Um, and he's around the 11 to 1 chance in a race I'm really, really, really looking forward to on Saturday at 3 o'clock at Kempton. Um, okay, that's um, our main race that we're focusing on. Um, racing throughout the country. We've got Irish racing. We've got flat racing. We've also got racing internationally. It's the Saudi Cup on Saturday as well. So um, plenty more that we can um, get into. Um, so let's start with our nap selection. I'll go to you first, TC. Yeah, I'm going to keep things simple this week. Uh, I was on a good run with the nap selections. And the last two weeks, I've tried to go a little bit outside the box, including last week, putting up a 12 to 1 outsider of 5, who eventually went off a 6 to 1 and, and finished third. But I'll keep things simple this time around. And the nap is going to be Lord North in the Winter Derby, the 205 at Lingfield on Saturday. John Gosden always targets the Winter Derby with at least one of his highly talented middle distance older horses. Uh, and he's had great success with three wins in the last four years. Lord North finished second in this race last time, uh, last season behind a horse called Alan Kerr, who's of Group 1 calibre. This time around, the addition just looks far easier. I mean, the second in the market this time around is Forrest of Dean, who was six lengths behind Lord North in last year's renewal. 
Lord North has run exclusively in Group 1 contests ever since uh, he finished second in this contest last year. I don't mind the layoff at all. He goes extremely well fresh. And at 4-5, to five, he's the banker of the day, Lord North in the 205 at Lingfield. Yeah, I went on to Dead Heat uh, um, uh, in, uh, in Dubai, in the Dubai turf, didn't he? So um, set a, a, a new standard for himself. And yeah, long time off. But uh, let's hope he does the business. What's your next best? Yeah, my next best is also at Lingford in the 240, a horse called Didero. Now, last year's first and second of this race, Hafeet Allen and Imperial Sands, they both return to try and claim the prize again. Uh, Imperial Sands is a front runner and there's other front runners in this race. So there should be early speed, which will suit Hafeet Allen. But his recent form just makes him super hard to back. So I wanted to look elsewhere. And I prefer James Ferguson's Diderot. Now, this horse began his career with Jay Lyons in Ireland before moving over to the UK. And he made a really good debut four current connections last January when he bolted up by four lengths and it looked like he was going to become a potential uh, black type stakes horse in the making. However, things haven't worked out. He's been on a winless drought of seven races ever since. However, he's back to a good mark, just 95 this time around. He's returned this season after a, a decent absence at Southern with a real eye-catching second. At a track I just don't think suits him. I think he's a speed horse and Southern obviously with a long home straight uh, relies on a grinder as well as having speed. So I think the return to Lingfield would definitely suit Diderot. The one time he's run here before, he was held up right out the back, had traffic issues and still almost won that race. I think he's very well handicapped and with a likely end-to-end gallop with numerous front runners in this race, I think he's got a fantastic chance in the 240 at Lingfield. Okay, two selections on Winter Derby Day um, for TC um, at uh, Lingfield. Uh, thank you th- thank you for that, TC. Well, we'll head over to Ross and get your thoughts outside of your main selections from our, our feature race at Kempton. So I'm also going to a weather. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm sticking to uh, <laughs> Kempton and, and Newcastle. The nap is at Kempton in the Dovecot. Um, and it's a horse I've mentioned on the uh, Cheltenham Novice Hurdle pod, uh, Hansard who I think should win the Dovecot hurdle. I've been really impressed with him. He's definitely a work in progress. He's keen, um, but I think Rhubarb will take them along here and go a good good gallop out front, and that should help Jamie Moore get him settled. Um, I think, you know, if I'm uh, not to get double leg on face, um, he needs to win this, and then hopefully his odds will contract for the, for the Supreme Novices, which I think he's a lively outsider. Um, and then the next best, um, just talking about Christian Williams, I think his best chance of the day comes in the Ida chase, the 325 at Newcastle. Kitty's light. Um, I think this has been operation lower handicap mark since the start of the season. Um, and he's now duly £3 below his last winning mark, which in his last win did come all the way back in March 2021. But he's the reason his marks went up is he's just so consistent. Um, the last time he ran over four miles, which I think is, again, a big plus, is stepping back up in this trip. Christian spoke at the start of the year. They were going to come back to three miles. They didn't want to keep going to the well. He's not an overly big horse um, to jump fences over four miles. They've tried to, to, to sort of save him a little bit. Now it goes up to four miles. The last time he tried a trip of this, uh, he finished well beaten second in the Scottish National to his stable mate, win my wings. If she hadn't been there, he'd have been a comfortable five-length winner. Um, I think it was obviously a tough choice for Jack Tudor to go to Kempton or Newcastle. I think it's notable he's gone to Newcastle um, and I think uh, Christian will get across the card double by landing the Ida at Newcastle. Yeah, he threw them in the same race last year, separating that uh, 
to be a little bit more greedy and get two instead of the first and second. Um, Kitty's like definitely being just such an overachiever, regardless of what you can say, considering the price of the horse and um, uh, when it, when they bought him as a yearling, I think I think it was being you know flatbred essentially. But yeah, um, a wonderful sort. Let's see how he gets on in the Ida chase and um, and thank you for your um, your nap with Hansard and a plug for the um novice hurdles special for cheltenham that we've just recorded and so if you're listening to that now definitely take um make the most of the opportunity of listening to our cheltenham novice hurdles special um which has got some interesting insight and selections for the feature uh, race meeting coming up in march um okay for me i've just got one i've got a a nap and that's for um sbk ambassador george bowie he has sent and it's been a long-term plan to send miss the cut over to uh saudi for the Saudi Neum Turf Cup, which is at 2.05 on Saturday. Um, Saudi Cup is going to host spectacular racing throughout the, the course of the day. Um, but this horse is going to be a short prize. The plan has always been to take him here. Doesn't look like a, a very extremely competitive race. His form is speaks for itself. I think TC, um, who knows a huge amount more than anyone else about this, but the, the form with Algiers is just absolutely fabulous at this stage considering what Algiers is doing out over in Maidan and looks like a, a proper Dubai World Cup um, horse himself so it speaks for himself this could be a very very exciting horse indeed for the whole year for George Bowie um, let's see if he can get his year underway in good style at Saudi on Saturday um, okay that's it for this week's podcast uh, thank you as always for listening in a reminder that new SBK customers can get £10 in free bets by betting £10, T's and C's always apply. A reminder to subscribe to whichever podcast channel that you listen to. Um, we're loving um, seeing that there have been more viewers, more listeners, especially to our Cheltenham preview podcast. Um, you, you can listen to us and watch us on our YouTube channel as well. And make sure to get involved with all the other podcast content that we've got. Um, and especially for TC, a shout out to TC. I was in California last weekend and he, I think he gave me four winners at Santa Anita. So if you don't listen to his Californian American tipping, you've got to now because it's great easy money to be made. I can tell you that. Um, so yes, a big shout out to um, all the additional content that you can get from on our SBK ambassador and um, pundit content. Um, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.